Welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Alter Talk with your host, Emma Rustruck. But first, a song you can only find on Atlanta Mix 108. Ready for Your Love by Seacal and Ashley Colazzo. Time is you, I will forever and forever's a long time. I'm ready for your love. 
Welcome, Atlanta, to the Author Talk Show. I'm your host, Emma Vustrak. I'm here with D. Anthony Miles, best-selling author. Welcome to my show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Why don't you tell us a little about your best-selling book? Okay. Uh, you want to know about my uh, book, Risk Factors and Business Models? Is that what, what you're asking? Yes. All righty. My book, uh, Risk Factors and Business Models, uh, is about the uh, five forces of entrepreneurial risk. And basically, uh, Melissa, my book is a wake-up call for entrepreneurs that are people considering starting a business venture. And uh, my book is a wake-up call because my book tends to bring entrepreneurship uh, startups reality to it instead of the rose-colored glasses like some of the literature that's been out there, some uh, previous books that's been out there. Starting a business is very difficult, and it's not something anybody can do. And it takes some knowledge of some things to start a business. And I, I like to think of my book as a Bible and a wake-up call to help people that want to start their own business. That is an awesome idea to do because I see so many businesses start up overnight and within six months, they're no longer there. Uh, that's a cautionary tale, Melissa. We see that a lot. And when you hear about the many other successful companies or some successful startups, what they don't tell you is that company could have been started five years ago, and you're seeing the results of their labor. And you're not going to, you know, starting a business is like kissing frogs. One day you're going to find a prince, but you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs. And that's how entrepreneurship is in startups. Now, I've heard it takes about five to ten years to really get your business going. Uh, some of the literature from the SBA uh, speaks to that. Uh, there's been different things. Uh, the first five years are the most crucial period, which I totally agree with. Um, I would say now, Melissa, it's probably easier to start a business now than say it was when you and myself grew up or when our parents grew up because a lot of the businesses that were started used a lot of natural resources, you know, the brick-and-mortar type of business. Now people mm-hmm. can start a business uh, the way, you know, structurally entrepreneurship has really changed because of online activity and the Internet. And the Internet, the great thing about the Internet is that it has created new entrepreneurs and that you can be an entrepreneur a lot quicker and faster. However, the uh, product life cycle of some of the businesses is a little short as well because they're not using natural resources like, uh, you know, water, wood, uh, air, gasoline. You're doing everything online in uh, case in point. Like, they're Uber entrepreneurs. There are people that drive for Uber, and they're basically entrepreneurs, and they make their money by that platform. The only thing that they're using is their time and their vehicle and some of the things that they have to manage with their vehicle. So this is a great opportunity for anybody who wants to start a business. It's probably wide open right now than it has been, say, the past, say, 20 to 30 years. So, But we have to keep in mind that we want to make sure that if we start a business, especially if it's an online business, that is, that we want to be careful about market saturation and competition. Right. I see a lot of people on Fiverr, just as an example, a lot of entrepreneurs on there from digital art because being an author, you're always looking for digital art. Digital, yeah, I cannot speak today. Digital <laughs> art is our book. 
And there's just so many popping up every day. It's hard to keep up with who's who. Oh, yes, that's also a cautionary tale. And uh, one of the things that hurts entrepreneurs, especially when you're in a startup phase, when you start a new business, is you need to be aware of some of the economic principles that are not going to change, even though it's an online business, a brick-and-mortar business, an offline business, like I like to say. And that's the economic principle of market saturation. If the market is too saturated and you have too many businesses in that market, they're going to be, have, they're going to be forced to compete on price. And with the Internet and online businesses, uh, online type of uh, competition is, is pretty fierce. And so if you're going to start a business, you need to have an identifiable niche, an identifiable market that your business can, you know, that your business can thrive. And I always say, don't fish in a pond that everybody's fishing in. You know, go find another pond, okay, to fish in. Right. You don't want to have everything the same as – what your neighbor's doing. Uh, totally, totally exact. Exactly. Because one of the things is uh, this is what separates good companies from great companies and competitive companies from everybody else's company. You have That's where branding comes in. And if I can go online to a website, and all websites basically do have the same service and same function, well, then they're going to be forced to compete on price. Who has the bigger, who has the best price for me? So that, so that's what you call a commodity type of business. And when you're dealing with a commodity type of business, that means that the business has to has, has to be has to compete on price primarily, and that's basically what drives their value proposition is pricing. And somebody's always going to have either lower price than you or a similar price than you, and that's why it's very difficult to compete in a saturated market because you're forced to be a commodity-type business. Right. In a way, authors being – you can look at being an author as being an entrepreneur in, in all of itself. We have so many saturations in different genres. We're creating new genres within the last 10 years, but you have your indie authors, your small press, your – mainstream is there's a lot of people out there and a lot of time we don't see everyone because of market saturation yeah that is an excellent point melissa and the reason that sex especially in the uh, book publishing industry it is very very competitive it's very very merciless and uh, the thing about it is is there's titles you see this when you go to barnes and nobles or major bookstores People are flooded with titles. There are different genres of books, and people have such a papari uh, of different books to choose from. So what causes a person to choose one book as opposed to another book? So, that, so being an author is like is, you're really an entrepreneur. You're just an information entrepreneur, and you're providing information. And you, and for you to compete with a book in a marketplace, you, you know, it's, it's, it could be maybe your book talks about a timely subject. Maybe your book talks about everybody else talks about, but the thing that separates some of the best sellers is, is your book relevant and does your book have identifiable niche? And if you do have identifiable niche, will people willing to buy your book based on the niche that you have? And that is a great example of our book authors. Now, talking about books, you have a second book as well called How to Get Away uh, yeah. with in Marketing. Yes, uh, uh, that'll be my third book, actually. In my third book oh. on how to get away with murder marketing, 
uh, talks about the world of forensic marketing. And it's so it's I can't I'm definitely gonna send you a copy. We're just tightening up the uh, artistic things, but uh, it's gonna be a game changer, Melissa. It's one of my I think it's probably my best work to date. Definitely that, gonna be a game that's changer. That's gonna be awesome, and I can't re- wait to read it. I do. I hope a I lot. don't bore you. It's a little technical. <laughs> oh, I can read anywhere from a law book to a fantasy book. Trust me, I don't find anything okay. boring. <laughs> I think you'll like it. I, I think. I think. Uh, let me tell you. Give you basic synopsis of the book. I take uh, investigative forensics and I apply it to the business world. And I apply it to marketing. Like when you're looking at a company, what are some of the things that you want to investigate? Why? Like case in point, every, everything starts with a problem. Why are sales in a dumper? Why is that company sales in a dumper? So you, when you look, read how to get a word murder marketing, you do forensic marketing, you look for some of the things that give you clues about why the company's not performing well in the marketplace. And like one of the things that we talk about is market saturation. Where are they in the, uh, in the uh, competitive terrain? You know, things like how to do product assessment. Is that product strong in the marketplace? Do we need to uh, remove that product? So this is a, it's a really, really interesting book. And, again, I would say it's probably some of my best work. That's going to be awesome, especially if I can get, if you have the copy available before the middle of next month because I'm also an Authors Guild representative, and we're doing an event really? right now. That I would love to take some of your advice and – put it, input it within the event that we're planning. Oh, well, goodness, we, we, we need to get on the double on that. Do you need a hard copy or ebook or what? Tell me what you need. What, whatever you can. I'm fine with ebook, hard copy if it's autographed, but yeah, I, we're just, the author's guild just started, um, an ambassadorship and there's only about okay. 10 right, right now. And we're trying okay. to market authors and get us exposure with the readers. Somehow okay. it's going through the cracks. So we're doing events, but I would love to take your advice and input it with the event and see how it turns out. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I will definitely uh, do that for you. I appreciate you having me on your show, and I think that's the least I can do. As a matter of fact, I'll, uh, I'll up the ante on that. I'll, I'll send you the ebook. you know, depending on where we are at the publishing part. And if uh, we're late, I'll send you the ebook, and I'll follow up and send you a hard autograph copy if that's okay with you. Oh, that would be great. We're working great. on a cover. <laughs> we're trying to find a less scary cover, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You talk about murder. You know, you got to be, uh, you know, you want to attract people to you, but you want to turn them away. So, yeah, we're trying to figure out a nice cover that's not too uh, scary. So, yeah. <laughs> Crime scene tape with um, maybe marketing material somehow incorporated might work. That was actually the first draft of the artist came up with, and I said, okay, um, we'll take that and put it on the shelf. Let's let's think deeper. So, yeah, it'll probably look something like that. It'll probably – I think it'll probably have a uh, – crime scene and you know how the, the chalk outline on the body and probably some marketing images like uh uh social media stuff you know to give you to give you some uh 
the mixture of the two. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely a, a good cover. That's what I really strive for: is to have a really nice, good cover. That's not too, uh, you know. I don't want to put any blood on the cover or nothing like that, you know. But yeah, it's right. gonna be a nice, nice cover. We're talking about murder, bro. We're not. That. Right, we're not <laughs> talking about real murder. You were talking about marketing. So yeah, blood on the yeah. cover and not do your book justice. So. Yeah, it's more of a play on the words than than, than anything. It's more of a what do you call that? Is it uh, not hyperbole? Symbolism, I think. Symbolism. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be more like that. But I do fantasy covers. But oh, I don't okay. Do, yeah, non or yeah, nonfiction covers. I I can't get into that, but I do fantasy a lot. So. Oh, okay. Oh well, definitely. I might have to get you to look at it. We'll suck a couple of promo covers and tell get your uh, get your opinion about them. But yeah, this nonfiction is really hard to do covers, and that's perfect that we're talking about this because uh, the font has to be right, the color has to be right, the color has to be appropriate to the content. Um, you have to use a mix of be clever with your uh, message or your book. Some books searchable by Google ads or stronger words and other words. So it's, you know, you talk about book marketing, that's a whole nother other issue. You know, you got the content of your book, you have the title of your book, and then, you know, certain colors attract people, Melissa, and certain colors that repel people. And, you and know, then uh, here's another thing. When you're going in printing, you have to make sure it doesn't become muddied when you're printing. It may look great on oh, an ebook, but that oh, doesn't yeah. make it look great on a paperback. Oh, absolutely. And also, uh, when you put it on, say, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, when they do the image, you have to make sure that the image doesn't, like what you were saying, doesn't bleed. Because I've seen mm-hmm. some really nice book covers when you look at them in person, and then when you put the image on Amazon, it looks terrible. I mean, it, I, I've seen about a bunch of books like that. Oh, I, like, I wow. Vice versa as well. There's, uh-huh. I'm redoing cover for a colleague right now the cover uh-huh. she has the ebook is beautiful but it's uh-huh. having problems being printed so I have to make her a new cover I volunteer for this because she does a lot of marketing for me uh-huh. out of right. for other uh-huh. services that I do so that's really good I mean it, it's, it's almost rare if you can have a cover look good in person or a physical copy and also have it look good digitally because I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I struck a, I struck a balance between the two of my second book. You should have saw the cover that they picked for me for my second book. It was God awful. It was yellow, brown, and gray. You know, the same colors that are inside of a frog. Okay. My very first, my very first cover that was done by a publisher for my uh-huh. first edition of The New Rain was just horrible. I didn't like it, but I was stuck in a contract that they had all uh, creative marketing rights for the cover, and I hated it. I'm so glad I was able to get out of the contract. Oh, wow. Did you ever talk to the artist? He just came up with that. because. I don't know about you, Melissa. I think when uh, I think the author should work with the artist because the author has more of an idea what you know in your head what you think a cover would look like. And a lot of times, exactly. the authors 
the publishers don't get it right. And that's because they don't have skin in the game. You know what I mean? So Exactly. Uh, so I, I could understand that. Definitely understand that. When I do a cover for someone, I literally ask them a hundred questions and I send them about a thousand images. Do you like this? Do you like that? Uh oh. One moment. We have technical difficulties. I'm just waiting for the Anthony to come back. I think he's having problems with his phone today. So we're just going to hold on just a second. Hello, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm sorry. We're having a storm here in Texas. I'm sorry. I called you right back. I apologize. You know, sometimes it's, you can't control what God does. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, my sister lives in Texas, so I know all about the storms down there. We yeah, I'm be... ready. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, what I was saying was when I do a cover for another author, I send them about a thousand images. Do you like this? Do mm-hmm. I need to change something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> book marketing. The no, book mm-hmm. marketing is so hard. I mean, when you write the book, that's the first hurdle. Then, you know, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Melissa, because I have. Just because you have a good book doesn't mean it's a good seller. Okay, so you right. have to make the book a good seller. You have to consider things like what we were talking about earlier, the artwork, the fonts, mm-hmm. the pictures, the images. Some images that attract people, some images repel people. And uh, right. I did a workshop with book authors here at the local library, and I talked about those things. And I said, always try to work with an artist and try to make your vision because selling a book is the other part of it. And a lot of books, if you had redone the cover, the books probably would have been a million-dollar seller. And a lot of people – and I, I, I believe in this, Melissa. Let let people that are good at what they do, let them do, their, let them do their work and give some type of input. If you try to do a cover yourself, it's not going to look the same. You don't, you don't have a skill set of being an, art, an artist like that. And I believe mm-hmm. in letting people take your vision the way you describe it to them and let them come up with something and then do about 10 prototypes and then pick the best, the best, the best two out of the 10. And I think right. you'll never go wrong with that. Absolutely. Cause book, book selling is really hard. There are a lot of great books out there, but they're terrible sales. You know, it's hard to sell a book and, and you got more books that are garbage that sell than books that are good that sell. You know, what's wrong with that picture? Cover, they have the right content, they have the right fonts, and a lot of people don't pay attention to that. Font right. is very important. Oh, yeah. Um, See, that, now with marketing, I tell my publishing house all the time, book trailers, For this is for the authors, not so much the entrepreneurs, but for the authors, uh-huh. book trailers. Uh-huh. Um, Talk to, I have over 100 groups on Facebook that I promote to, different books. And oh, it's just, wow. Great. Yeah. So, you can do a chess run, huh? <laughs> yeah. I find out what's going on, what people are like, what they like, who's seeing it, and it connects you a little bit. Then you can go for the bigger marketing. That is really smart. Well, I'm going to have to try that. That's really smart. Also, I did that by mistake, actually. Um, I had, when I was at the university and I was teaching, and I, I did something, I just did something out of ordinary. I said, hey, guys, I'm picking a cover, and I showed them three covers. And I have my students tell me which ones they like, so they picked the one that's on my cover now with the abstract art 
And then one of my students really hurt my feelings, Melissa. Uh, I had a, I had to go to a professional photographer and get some professional shots done because I took mm-hmm. one from – I was at a function. I cropped it, and I put it on my first book. And my, my student says, uh, Dr. Miles, can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, oh, God, what does she want? She said, hey, you got a great book, but that picture, you got to do something with that picture. She that picture is not a good representation of you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was lucky. My picture that I use for my bio and everything, that's actually uh-huh. my wedding picture. And Get out of how- here. You hit it out the park, huh? Yeah, I I was like, it's a perfect, perfect picture of me, and no matter what I do, I'm never going to have a picture come out that great again. That is awesome. You hardly ever see that happen. (laughs) Oh, I was out of function when I took mine, and that picture, you know how you enlarge the picture and the pixels distort? Well, uh-huh. you know, I'm not a photographer. I didn't think about any of that. See, when you when the pixels distort, when you enlarge the picture, it makes the picture look blurry, and it looks like mm-hmm. amateur. So I so I took her advice. I went and took some professional headshots, and uh, a guy that a buddy of mine, I actually paid him. You know, I have to pay him. I like to pay people to do their thing. I don't like getting things for free because people don't have a skin in it in a game if they're doing it for free. And uh, he gave right. me good. He got me about 15 good headshots, black and white in color, and I use them on my website. I use them on my bio, and I use it for my book, and it actually made a difference. It really made a difference. And I was going to also tell you this, Melissa, what I found a mistake I made with one of my books. You know how you have your credentials, say, like your education credentials? Yeah. You know, like your master's or whatever. You always, when you write your bio, if you want to stress any of your credentials, always put – your highest degree first, and do it in an ascending order. Is that right or descending order? I'm sorry, I probably said it wrong. I think descending order, highest to the lowest. Because right. when you do that, it confuses people when they read your bio. So when you do it in uh, descending order, it gives people the first impression. You know, like when, you know the story when you look at the cover of the book and you flip it over. And then people mm-hmm. want to see something about the author. Well, when you put your, your highest credentials, it gives you a credibility to the author or to the reader and to the buyer. And go, oh, this guy went to this school. He got his master's degree or whatever. He got a graduate degree. Oh, I think, I think I'm going to like this book. Now, something that I did that I was going to share with you also, Melissa, like I have a Ph. Let me tell you the story behind that. You know, when you, if you really want to, de- you know, decrease the sales of your book, unless you have your brand established, you should not put your education credentials on the front of the book. You know why? The people think you're arrogant. That they think you're arrogant, and they think the book that you're coming up with is going to be too academic and not not everyday reading for everybody else. And I see a lot of people make that mistake. Unless you're like Doctor Phil. Where mm-hmm. you know your credentials are already established, and you could probably put that uh, put you know doctor in front of your name in front of your book. If you don't have a brand and your brand is not established, you have not been in the national media, or you haven't been in, you know done national media outlets. You should never do that. You should always put your regular name, and then when people flip the book over, what well, a close the sale of the book is when you put your credentials, like PhD or doctor or whatever in your bio. And I've seen people make that mistake over and over. Some of my colleagues have made that mistake, and they wonder why they can't sell their book. Because who wants to read a book from a Ph.D.? That kind of sums it up, doesn't it, when you see the book cover, right? 
Oh, exactly. he's academic. I don't. I'm not going to identify what he says. It's probably going to be boring. And a lot of academics, we have that reputation of being long-winded when we write, and 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 we put everything in there, but it's not interesting to the average reader. I don't mean average reader, but when people buy books, they buy books for entertainment to read. They don't want to read academic stuff unless you're targeting your book to an academic audience, and maybe you can get away with putting your credentials on the front cover. But I never do. I just don't do it as a standard of practice because that turns people off. It's like, oh, unless you're Dr. Phil, you know, that dog won't hurt, okay? Exactly. Now, we only have a few minutes left. Where can our listeners find you? Sure. Uh, I'm all over social media. I have my website, uh, uh, mdicorventures.com. Do people still say www or they they don't do that? They just get right to it. I think it's just right to it because I, we all know it's www. I think. Right. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, mdicorpventures.com. I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, I think it's d.anthony.miles, and uh, I'm on Skype and everything. I'm on uh, ResearchGate. I'm on Amazon.com. I have a, a bio page, and uh, if you do a search on my name, a lot of my uh, a lot of my activities come up. You know, business deals I'm working on. And then uh, uh, if you go to the website, you can get my number and my email address and everything. I'll, I'll give it to you right now. It's dmiles at mdicorpventures.com. But uh, it's real easy to find me on social media. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. That's great. And I know a lot of people, a lot of authors like connecting with social media. It keeps us honest with our readers. Oh, absolutely. It's the best thing that happened next to the internet is social media being connected. It's like that's an end. That also helps sell your book when you're connected to different groups. And I like what uh, Seth, I forgot his name, he wrote a book called Tribes. You always want to connect to tribes and try to sell your book or sell your materials. Connect to a tribe. And that could be a group, that could be a community. You always want to connect to tribes. That's very true. Unfortunately, this is all the time we have for today. So I thank you for coming on the show and sharing so much wonderful information with us today. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, definitely want to come back and do a follow-up show with you when I get in the full marketing mode of the next book. And definitely you got a, you, you got an uh, autographed copy for me. That's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Because really we need the help to get these events to do as well as it can do and get as many people to connect with the authors that will be there. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll definitely talk off uh, air with that, and we'll make that happen. I really appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I could definitely use that. <laughs> Thank you. And for this episode of Author Talk, Atlanta, good night.